Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. She waiting on me? I can't keep up. I can't look. I can't keep up with what's going on around here. I'm a coming. I'm a coming. What? Further? Down? There? That better? You don't want to stay there long. How y'all doing this morning? Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Good to see all of your smiling faces on this sunshiny day. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we have to come together in your house. We thank you for the many blessings you've given us. Father, we thank you for the return of people that's been out for a while. Father, we ask that you continue healing the ones that are out sick. Watch over them, keep them strong, make them stronger. Give them the courage and give them the understanding that you are the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and this disease cannot beat us. We are, we are victorious in the name of Jesus. I ask that you bless the offering that's going to be taken up this morning. Let it be used to further your kingdom. Father, I thank you for many, many, many things that you've done. And most of all, I thank you for giving us your son to die on the cross for us. In Jesus' name, we come and praise your name, praise your work. And as we go through our forms of worship this morning, just allow the Holy Spirit to dwell with us, dwell in us, and lead us where he wants us to go. Open the ears that they may see and the eyes that they may hear. I uh, said that backwards, but that's okay. Y'all got it. God knows what I'm talking about. Y'all might not. Amen. I want to add something to that. Little Pam that comes in here, you know, little Pam with the bus driver, is now the female country gospel music vocalist, female vocalist of the year. And she also, with that album that Barbara showed y'all, won uh album of the year and i don't know if y'all realize this or not but in the gospel country music genre she was singing up against some very 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 talented very good people and they voted for her so we're very blessed to have her as part of our our regular rotation around here and i think she's i ain't even gonna say it because i don't know if she's good yet but it won't be long till we'll have her back again but she is going to have surgery in February. She has to have another surgery on her shoulder, so y'all keep her in your prayers that when they go in to do that surgery, it's not even necessary they cut on her. That's what I'm asking for. But it should be healed before February. So that's putting God on time frame, but that's okay. He can do it. All right, let's get on with our worship. Let's get on with our stuff. Barbara, drop that beat. Y'all pass the plate, and let's get on with it. To the presence of the King 
I want to see him, but I'm not in no hurry. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day. Bless the reading of your word as we go through it. Watch over us, lead us, guide us, direct us. Let the Holy Spirit fill my voice this morning. Let me preach the word as you have it in my heart today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We'll go to 1 Timothy. Chapter 4, and I'm going to read this to you today, and I want you to really listen to the words. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the later times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisies, having their own consults scared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding and abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the word of faith and in the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profound old wives' tales and experience yourselves toward godliness, for the body's exercise profit a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise to the life that now is and of what which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy to all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, 
who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but an example to the believers in the world, in the word, I'm sorry, in conduct in love, in spirit and faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to the reading, to exhortion of the doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that God is in you, which is given to you, prophecy with the laying of hands and the elders of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your purpose may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Good words. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word this morning. You know, he's talking to us about things that we we take for granted, don't we? We look around us and we see empty chairs and we see empty lives all around us. Is it because God has changed? No. God has not changed from day one till now. What changes? We do. The world is full of sin, full of deception, full of bad experiences. The world has not changed a whole lot since the beginning of time. Well, Mike, I kind of agree with you. It seems like it's gotten worse. But reality is the same sin that was here the day Eve ate of the tree is the same sin that's here today. God's Word does not change. God's Word is still sovereign, it's still solid, it's still exactly the way He intended it to be. What has changed, really? We have. We have changed ourselves to fit. Ooh, I'm, getting, I'm getting tough here. We changed ourselves to fit the world that we look at. Oh, yeah, we've gotten a lot more technology now. We hear more about things. You can do something in Dallas, and they'll hear about it in New York in five seconds. That's technology. That's not evil. That's just technology. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, United States media. <laughs> All these things are so quick and so fast. We hear about it before it even gets finished, really. And we think in our minds that it's worse because we hear more about it. In 1950s and 60s, we didn't hear about all the corruption around the world. It was there, but we didn't know about it. I mean, how many days did it take for them to find out that Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor? It took four days for us to find out about it in the United States. How long, how long do you think it would take today if they bombed it? About two and a half seconds or more or less. But we got to understand something, folks. God's word has not changed one iota. He said things are going to get worse. But he didn't say how they were going to get worse, did he? We know that mother and children are going to argue more. Husband and wives are going to argue more. The world governments are going to argue more. But it's not because of a new sin. It's the same sins, it's just we get more involved in it. Me and David had a little conversation this morning about how we look at things in life. And I learned this at a Bible study on Friday night. 
about, no, it was Tuesday night I learned this. Tuesday night I learned something in Bible study that I never thought of before. And I'm going to use the same illustration the author used. Buddy, come here a minute. Dave, Scott, come here. I don't normally do illustrations, do I? But I'm going to today. Scott, get on the other side of Dave. Now, Scott is going to be the human body. He is the body that we live in. Okay? Dave is going to be the soul of the body. Buddy is going to be the spirit. Y'all use your imagination, okay? Buddy's going to be the spirit. Now, what do what those three things involve? It's the body, the soul, and the spirit. Where does that relate to us? Well, it's easy. Watch this. Dave, turn around and face Scott. Now, Scott, make all kinds of gestures, do whatever you want to do. David, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're sitting there watching him. What's going to happen? Well, okay. Dave's a little bit better soul than I got. But reality is, whatever Scott's doing is what David sees. Dave represents the flesh. And what does the flesh represent? The earth, the world. So Scott's representing the world. Dave is the soul. The soul is looking at the earth. What's the soul going to act like? Y'all got it? It's going to act like that, right? Now, David, turn around. Look at the spirit. Now what's David looking at? And what's the spirit world look like? God. So Dave's soul, soul Dave, is looking at the spirit. How's the soul going to react? It's going to act godly, isn't it? So where does Dave, the soul of Dave, where does Dave need to be looking? Toward the spirit, not toward the earth. Right? Y'all go sit down. We got, <laughs> we all got some work to do. But do y'all get the illustration I gave you? What do you look at and what do you base your life on? It depends on you, doesn't it? But if your soul is looking at the world and you die, where's your soul going? It's going to hell, ain't it? But if you accepted the Spirit and you look to the Spirit for guidance, where's your soul going? Is that a, is that a, good, a good illustration of what we're talking about? It depends on you, what you see, and how you live your life determines not only how you live on this earth, but it also determines where you spend eternity. If you look at the world for the example of how to live, and you face the world every day, and you just continuously look at the world and see what the world's doing, and you try to copy it, you're going to hell. You're in trouble because you've got your soul is going somewhere. A lot of people don't understand this. Your soul is attached to your flesh. Ooh, I just told y'all something deep, didn't I? When you're born, your soul is attached to your flesh. So what do you got to do to change that relationship between you and your soul? Do what? You got to be born again, don't you? Your second birth is when you come into the spirit side of your your being. If I keep my eye on the spirit side when I'm born again, 
what kind of life am I going to have? I'm going to have a good life. No matter what's going on around me, keep looking at that spirit side of me. Keep looking at God's side of it. We teach a lot around here about joy from the Lord. Be joyful in God. If I'm looking at the soul, my soul is looking at the world, how joyful am I going to be? I'm not going to be very joyful at all, am I? I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be tormented. I'm going to be broken up, fearful, misery. I'm going to see all the things the world has, and I'm going to start trying to copy that, including finances, health, everything. Well, I'm getting deep here. Are y'all getting as deep as I am on this? My soul is controlled by what I put my sights on. If I look at the world and say, that's the way it is, and I'm going to live that way, I'm not going to live for God. And if I'm not being obedient to God's word, even after I'm born again, I get born again, I'm looking at the Spirit, and then I turn back and I look at the world, and I keep doing that same thing over and over. What happens? I get my name wiped off, don't I? I get removed from the book of life. And if I'm removed from the book of life, what's that mean? I ain't going to heaven. So I've got to keep my soul in line with what I'm looking at. And where do I learn how to look at the Spirit? In the Word. Not only in the Word, in fellowship with other people that are looking the same direction. If all of my friends are looking toward God, and all the people I hang out with is looking toward God, am I going to be tempted to look back at the world? It depends on where I put my mind, isn't it? It depends on where I let my soul wander. I can let my soul wander back over here if I want to. But what happens? I become distorted. I become aggravated. I become angry. I become unhappy with myself. And then I start living that way again. Why does people turn to drugs and alcohol? 99% of the time. What makes people turn toward alcohol and drugs? Depression, loneliness, anger, emptiness, all these things. We're trying to fill that hole with all these other things of our life. But if I'm facing the Spirit of God, and I'm living for God, and I'm doing what God called me to do, and I'm doing what God wants me to do, am I going to have that emptiness? Am I going to be lonely? Am I going to be angry all the time? I can't be. I can't be angry and look at God. I can't be angry and serve God. I can't be deceitful and serve God. I can't be all the things that's over here and looking toward God. Now, am I getting really too heavy for y'all this morning? Because y'all all are going. I'm on point, but do you understand what I'm saying to you? It's not the devil that controls us. It's not the devil that makes me look toward the world. It's me that makes me look that way. So i got to change my stinking thinking. I've said that a lot, hadn't I? i got to change my stinking thinking. How do I change my thinking? I look at God's ways. I look at God's love. I look at the Holy Spirit. I let the Holy Spirit inside of me pull me toward God. I'm not going to allow the Holy Spirit not to pull on me. Because I can turn this way. 
But as soon as I start to turn, what happens? The Holy Spirit, get back over here where you belong. That's the way it should work, right? But if I don't know who the Holy Spirit is and I don't know how to serve the Holy, through the Holy Spirit, how am I going to know it's him pulling? Uh-oh. I just got deep, didn't I? I'm going to the bone today, guys. Les tells everybody I'll throw rocks. Today I'm throwing knives, and I'm sticking deep because I love you enough that I don't want to see anybody in the sound of my voice fall into the trap of the world. That world, I don't care what the world does. I don't care what the economy says. I don't care what the bank accounts say. I don't care what the government tells me is happening. I don't care because I'm going to look at God's side of the thing. I put my faith in God, my, pay bill, my bills are going to get paid. If I'm obedient to the word of tithing. Oh, I just threw that in there, didn't I? If I do what I'm supposed to in God's eyes, I'm going to get rewarded for it. Now, is that the only reason I want to do it? No. But it's a side effect for it. And I like side effects when they're good. I don't like side effects of some things, but I like side effects of God. Because side effects of God is not only financial, it's health, joy, peace, understanding, loving. Can I keep naming good stuff? All the good stuff is on God's side of the fence. All the bad stuff is over here. Am I getting too? I'm getting to it, ain't I? It's what we got to understand is we can live two different lives in the same body, but our soul is what's going to suffer from it. Some people like to call that free will. I don't call it free will because I don't have free will anymore. I gave my life to God. And when I gave my life to God, I become his property. So therefore, he tells me what I do and what I don't do. I don't get to choose to walk the way I want to. I have to walk the way God tells me to walk, or I don't belong to him. And if I don't belong to him, I'm not, he's not in me. If he's not in me, I'm going to die and go to hell. And I don't want that in my life. I want to live for God. So therefore, I'm going to study the Word of God. I'm going to go to Bible study, even when it's cold outside, even when it ain't the right thing to do. I'm still going to do Bible studies and go to Bible studies. I'm going to teach the Word of God when I get a chance. But there's something else that has to happen. I, there's something else that has to happen. i got to do it with the right heart. I can't do it just because it's the right thing to do. i got to want it. i got to desire God in my life. And once I got saved and God came into my life and he started changing the way I think, the way I feel about things, and I found out something really unique. The more I studied his word and the more I learned about his love for me and the more I learned about the rewards for that love and how he treats people and how he wants us to live, it became easier. It's easier to love God. It's hard to love that world out there. But it's easy to love God. So, lazy people, get it with God. You won't be lazy no more. Because his yoke is light. Oh, I just quoted another scripture. He says, lay down your heavy yoke and take up mine. What's he telling us to do? 
Walk in his faith. Walk in his life. Walk under his umbrella. Walk in his presence. Your load becomes lighter. Now, what's that mean? You're not burdened down. You're not tied down. You're not weighted down. You're not pushed down. His load is light. Why is it so light? Because I can do all things through God who strengthens me. When I've got God's strength in my life, no matter what he throws against me, it's going to be okay. I'm going to get through it. You know how I know? Because the Word told me that. Where did I learn that at? In the Word of God. How did I find out it really works? I trusted it. I put trust in the Word. And we have to put trust in the Word of God, or therefore we don't trust God. And if we don't trust God, what are we going to do? You're going to fall back the other way, aren't you? I don't know if y'all understand what he's telling Timothy here, but it's really simple. He's telling Timothy, love God with all your mind, body, and soul, and all your heart. And if you do that, your burdens become light. Oh, Jr., you don't understand. I still have troubles, and I still have things I have to go through. And I, 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 as long as you live under I, you ain't living for God. Ooh, did I say that out loud? As long as you keep living for yourself, are you living for God? What's God tell us to do? Love Him with all our mind, body, and soul, and love our neighbors as we love us. And Jesus even went on further in that statement and told the disciples, if you do these two things, do two things. Is it really that difficult? No. Do two things. Love God with all your mind, body, and soul, and love your neighbors as you love yourself. And you have completed, listen to me, you have completed all of the commandments and all of the laws. Well, only did two things. How did I complete all of them? You know, sometimes my son fascinates me that he actually listens. But he's right. If you're living for God, you love God with all your mind, body, and soul, who are you going to serve? Who are you going to live for? If you're living for God, what's he going to do for you? Everything. And then I get to do something really cool. I get to love y'all. And I get to love y'all the same way I love myself. Because I learned how to love. I learned how to love from the creator of love. And if I don't know how to love, how am I going to love you? If I don't know how to love God, how am I going to love myself? You're not. And you're going to be empty. You're going to be lonely. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be all the things that this world tells us, go take a pill for it or drink some alcohol for it or go to the doctor and get prescribed these medications and all that. What do we really need? We need God in our lives. God can fix any problem we have. I'm going to brag on David again. I love bragging on Dave. Dave Doughty, I love bragging on him. When I met this man, he came to church here. Stage four cancer. Y'all know what that means? That means you're going out the door. He went to the doctor a week ago. He went a week ago. He had to wait a week 
to get the news that he already knew. The man is still cancer-free today. That didn't come from JR. That didn't come from some doctor prescribing a pill. That didn't come from radiation. That didn't come from chemotherapy. That came from a gift of God that healed him because he believed in Jesus Christ and he trusted the Lord and he put his faith in God and he got healed from God. And God, when God fixes something, it's fixed. You got that? He ain't got to worry about it. He went and took that test. Oh, it took a week to get the results back. I seen him Tuesday night and I seen him Friday night and he was happy as a lark. He was not worried about that test. He didn't care what that test said because he already knew that God had healed him. You want that peace in your life? You really want that kind of peace in your life to know that whatever's going on in your life, God has got it? Then you've got to do what that illustration I showed you. You got to stop looking at the flesh and stop looking at that world out there and quit worrying about what that world's trying to offer you and quit trying to worry about what the world's doing and put your eyes on God and keep your eyes on the Spirit of God and let the Heavenly Father bless you, carry you through this world and make things right in His way. Everybody says, well, if it's God's will, He'll do that. It is God's will. If you don't believe it's God's will, read the book. The book constantly talks about all the things he wants to give us. That's his will for us. Oh, but God don't want us to be rich. I don't know what book you're reading, but the book I read told, tells me I'm already rich. I was rich when I had a dollar. I'm rich if I got a penny. I'm rich if I ain't got no money at all because I had the love of God in me, and that makes me rich. It's not valued on the earth. My value doesn't come from the earth. Getting hot. Whew. This is getting hard, guys. I try not to. Sometimes it just jumps out of my mouth. I can't help it. The Word of God tells me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do y'all know that I'm naturally an angry person? <laughs> out of the mouth of babes comes the truth, right? And he ain't no baby no more. I am by nature, by my flesh nature, an angry person. I'm by nature, I don't like people. I'd rather you just leave me alone, stay on your side of the street, and I'll stay on my side of the street. But in 1986, when I met my Lord and Savior, that barrier got broken. He broke those bonds. He broke those shackles. Everybody asks me, what's the shackles on your arm for? That's the shackles of my life that God broke. He set me free. And in him, when I'm free, I'm free indeed. And that ain't the deed of the land. It's deed of what I do. I'm free to love God. I'm free to live the way God called me to live. I'm free to do what God pleases God. Now, what's my responsibility in that? Think about that for a second. I'm free to, to love God the way I'm supposed to. But what's my responsibility in that? Oh, y'all got, y'all got, y'all on the right track, but you ain't there. First off, I got to find out what he intends for me to do. What did he create me for? What did he give me the gifts of? 
What did he give me the honor of doing? Where do I find that stuff? I find it in the book of the Word. I find it in the book of God. Why did God write the Bible? For me to find out how he wanted me to live. Oh, J.R., I get my Bible when I'm driving down the road. Good luck. Because I'm going to tell you something. You may be listening to the Word, but are you really meditating on it and hearing it? It takes you to get in there and read the Word of God. It takes you time to sit down and read the Word and then find out what the Word means. You've got to hear it with your ears and see it with your eyes. Oh, I'm not knocking television. I'm not knocking radio. I'm not knocking all that. I, I've, got, I've got the Holy Bible downloaded on my phone this morning. I got up, I pushed the button, and I listened to the book of Timothy all morning. Because that's what God told me to do. I listened to Timothy all morning. And I picked it. He gave me a scripture to preach to you all about. Stop living for the world. Stop worrying about what the world is doing. Stop being afraid of what's going on around you. You hear me? Stop fearing stuff that was created by God in the first place. If he created it, don't you think he can control it? If he created it and made it possible for it to be here, don't you think he had an answer for fixing it? What's his answer? Oh, y'all are missing the boat. Get on the dock, but you missed the boat. The answer to fixing this problem, he sent in a baby in a manger. He lived on this earth for 33 years. Lived through everything that we go through every day of our lives. And he was put on a cross, crucified, sacrificed for our sins, our shortcomings. And guess what? Our illnesses, our weaknesses, our devout Davis Spanky, he had all that on him. And he looked up to God. And because of what he did, he looked at God. He didn't look at us. He looked at God. And he said, it is finished. And what do you mean by that? Sin is finished. Sin no longer has the power for life. Sin no longer has the power of death. So he went to the grave. In the story. Sorry. Really? There's more? Why was he resurrected? To show us that our sin life died, but our spiritual life, our soul, will live for eternity through belief in him. That's kind of cool, isn't it? We're going to lay this body down one of these days. Me and Michael ain't going to get up take all our pretty tattoos with us. We're not going to take these good looks to heaven with us. I'm going to be six foot tall, dark haired, dark eyed, long, long black hair, skinny. Woo. I have abs. That's not hidden by the pillow. I'm glad they didn't hear that out there on the radio. That's not nice, David. I may have a lot of praying to do, but y'all got something too. Because I'm looking around the room, and I ain't real impressed. <laughs> but you know what? 
you know what? We all going to get a new body. I'm going to get a body that's not riddled with heart problems. I'm going to get arteries that flow blood freely without any hesitation. I'm not going to have diabetes anymore. I may be short, squatty, and fat. I don't know, but I'm going to be a healthy short, squatty, fat guy. She called me a troll. <laughs> Sometimes my hair looks like a troll. But, guys, I want you to understand something this morning. If you don't get anything else out of the word that I'm giving you this morning, I want you to get this. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. Because if you don't have a spirit to look at, if you're not born again where your soul can look through the spirit of God and see heaven, and see all the riches that God has? The only thing your soul sees is the flesh and the earth. And when that body dies, guess what? The soul goes with it. And then that soul will die again. And it goes into heaven. And it goes into hell. It will not go to heaven again. Unless you're born again in the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. The only eternal life you have looking forward to is hell. Once you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, now you can look toward the Spirit. And you have eternal life with God. Eternal life. Not eternal death. Eternal life. And that's the only way to get it. And I know that because Jesus said in his own words, no one comes to the Father except through me. So when I stand in those gates in heaven, if I don't know who Jesus is and he don't know who I am and we don't have a relationship with each other, he's going to look at me and say, depart from me for I know you not. And it don't matter what kind of life I led. I could have been a praying man. I could have been helping the widows. I could be doing, I could be going to church every Sunday. I could be doing everything I'm supposed to do. But if I don't have a relationship with Christ, I'm going to hell. can't work my way there, I can't buy my way there, and I sure can't get a re reserved occupational habit. And he does not accept illegal immigrants. There are no illegal, illegal immigrants in heaven. You have to be a citizen of the kingdom of God to go. And there's only one way to become a, a citizen of the kingdom of God, and that's through Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus this morning, you're in the sound of my voice anywhere in the world, anywhere that you are. If you don't know who Jesus is, let us introduce you to him this morning and start following his teachings. Follow what he gave us. You see, he gave us the greatest gift ever, and that's eternal life. And it came through Jesus. And it's the only way we can get it is to accept Him. And then He gives us another gift that's even cooler than that. He gives us a Holy Spirit that keeps us in check. The Holy Spirit keeps us in check of what we're supposed to be doing. But we have to learn how to trust God. Sometimes the teachings that we get are caused by us. And sometimes it's just God that says, You want to do it that way? Go ahead. When you fall on your face, 
and it don't work, I'm right here. I'll pick you back up and we'll dust you off and we'll start over again. Can you make mistakes as a Christian? Oh, yeah. Can you fall as a Christian? Yeah. But the cool part about falling is you're a child of God. He picks you back up and he puts a Band-Aid on your boo-boo and tells you it's going to be okay. And in a couple of days, that Band-Aid falls off and the boo-boo's gone. And when the boo-boo's gone, guess what? He's forgot all about it. Because you have forgiveness. I don't know who you are today. I don't know who's in my heart right now. My spirit's telling me somebody is listening that's never experienced the love of God that way. And it's sad because it's there and it's always there. It's you never fail with God. There's no failure in God's words. It's only failure in the flesh. The spirit cannot fall. It doesn't get boozies. It doesn't get boo-boos. It doesn't have to suck it up, buttercup. It don't have to do that because the Spirit's always right. When we fall, it's because we're not looking at God. Go back to the story of Peter in the boat. When Jesus, when he asked Jesus, Jesus, is that you? He said, it is me. If you believe it's me, come to me. Peter stepped out of the boat. And he was walking on water. He was strutting across that water like it was nobody's business. But he saw the wind. He felt the wind. And he looked over at the waves. He took his eyes off of Christ. And the minute he took his eyes off Christ, something overcome him. Y'all want to know what to overcome him? Fear. And when fear overcome him, he dropped like a rock. But as he was dropping, he did something really cool. He cried out to Jesus. And when he cried out to Jesus, where was Jesus? Right there, picked him right back up and set him back in the boat and said, you have little faith. Why did he say you have little faith? Because you took your eyes off of him and you looked at what was going on around you. You want to be, oh, you have little faith? Or do you want to be, well done, my good and faithful child? It's up to you this morning. If you don't know Jesus, right now is the time to give your life to him. If you do know him, oh, I'm going to get mean now. If you do know who Jesus is, it'd be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck than to live for that world like that. Go ahead. Try to emphasize. Try to live in the world and confess Christ. You think you got troubles today? Wait till that happens. You got to keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eye on the rose. Keep your eye on the seed of David. Keep your eye on the great I am. Woo. If you do that, and you walk in faith, and you walk with the Holy Spirit to guide you, you cannot stumble. Those stumbling blocks that get put in front of us. The Holy Spirit goes down through there and he just, here's your path. And then that mountain that's in front of us that we can't get over, he takes us by the hand and he either goes right or left and goes around it. You understand what I'm saying to you? The Holy Spirit will lead you through whatever problems you have. 
But you got to trust in God. You got to believe in Jesus. And you got to surrender your life to your Savior. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning with a burden in my heart for someone. I don't know who it is, I don't know where they're at. But there's somebody in the sound of my voice that does not understand who you are. They're searching for something, but they don't know where to find it. I pray that you send the Holy Spirit to that person right now. And that the Holy Spirit just reaches up, grabs them by the head of the hair, shakes them, and makes them realize who you're looking for. And that they find Christ this morning. And when they find Christ, I pray, God, that you send them to a church. If they're not in this area where they can't come to us and they have to go somewhere else, send them to a church that believes in the Word of God as the truth and that they can receive what they need. But I ask you this morning, Lord, fix the hearts of the broken ones. Fix the heart of the sick. Fix the heart of the ones with devout minds. Take away cancer. Take away heart trouble, kidney problems. Bowel problems, stomach problems, asthma, alcoholism, drug abuse, loneliness, depression. All these things are offered to us by the devil to keep us under his control. And I ask you, Lord, to heal each and every one of us of those things. Watch over us, lead us, guide us, and direct us where you would have us to go. If there's anybody in this room right now that needs to clear something up with God, let's get it done. Come on up here to these altars and lay it down. No matter what it is, God already knows. He's just ready for you. He's just waiting on you to give it to him. He won't, he won't snatch it out of your hands, but he will allow you to lay it down. These things in Jesus' name I ask. Amen. And everybody that agreed said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.